You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LongtownPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, wrapping up a week's worth of podcasts here on Locked on Pelicans. We're going to have a shorter one here today. Going to talk about a couple key things. The guy you all want to know about, other than David Griffin right now, is Trent Redden of the Los Angeles Clippers. The Pelicans have been okayed and granted permission to speak with him about a role in the front office. We'll look at that, then we'll look at a little bit for what you think this team might look like a little uh, in terms of play style next year. So we're going to cover those two things in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So front office stuff, and this is an area we know that David Griffin wants to expand greatly within the Pelicans organization, whether that's just more people in the room, hiring specific roles, what have you. But he did clue us in a little bit to what he's thinking with this, and he said, and this is a quote from a, a question he answered at his introductory press conference on Wednesday. When you go about building the type of in- infrastructure we want, you don't hire for roles, you hire for people. Uh, Chris Grant, my predecessor in Cleveland, said this very well. We need to get the right people on the bus, and then we'll figure out what to call each other once we're rolling to the right place. End quote. So he's looking to just bring smart people into the room. This is kind of what all front offices do. And he said, whether that's as a GM, maybe, maybe not. If it takes the GM role to get one of those smart people here, then we'll make him the GM of the team. Maybe there's a multiple assistant general managers and one general manager, or who knows how exactly it's going to be. This is why I've been saying the titles here are largely pointless because it's ultimately David Griffin who's making the decisions. And you'll see the structure kind of be similar to what's going on in LA with the Clippers, which we'll talk about in a second or two here. So he's hiring for people, not roles. It's a smart approach to things. I think everyone's kind of excited about this. And a name that he's been linked to is Trent Redden, the Los Angeles Clippers assistant general manager. This is a guy who worked with him in Cleveland before leaving when his contract also wasn't renewed when Griffin didn't get a new deal there as well. And Griffin clearly has some people in mind and said as much. He goes, you know, I didn't say anyone in the interview that they have to come with me or it's a non-starter goes, but there's people I reach out to right away or people I had in mind for roles here within this organization that I'd like to work with again. Redden is likely one of them. It seems like uh, Griffin values relationships maybe more than anything else. And if he's got a good relationship with a guy like that, well, then it makes a ton of sense that they would be reaching out. So Woj tweeted out on Thursday that the Pelicans have been granted permission to uh, talk about a role with the Clippers' Trent Redden, who's their current assistant GM. Their power structure is pretty similar to what you might see here with the Pelicans. Lawrence Frank is their president of basketball operations and the top guy for the team. Then they have a GM in Michael Winger, who's interviewing with the Minnesota Timberwolves for their president of basketball operations role. And then you have Trent Redden below that. And in there somewhere as a consultant is Jerry West. 
So they have a number of really good top people. Redden's right there, kind of the lowest on the totem pole. So even if he comes in to be a GM and isn't the ultimate decision maker, he wouldn't be there in LA should he be the natural person to take over if Michael Winger, their current GM, leaves because it's still Lawrence Frank who's their top guy. So it's a bit of a lateral move and... It could be one with just a higher title that looks good in the future and comes with some more responsibility or more money is also a good way to get people to come and work with you. So I think that's something that makes a lot of sense. And if he has a good working relationship, if you come in and you kind of turn this team around, it looks good for potential future job prospects too. But that's what they're looking for here. I expect this will get done. I think you'll see Trent Redden here working with the Pelicans. Now, it's... I always laugh when people are like, this This guy's really good in the front office or things like that, when they're media people, myself included, because we don't really know what these people do behind the scenes. We kind of have some idea on occasion, but we really don't know because we're not in the room and a lot of that stuff's kept secret. It's nebulous at times, and it's a lot of kind of speculation on what we should be, you know, what, what we think they do, but you really don't know. And we're not in the interview process to know. But when enough people keep talking about someone this highly, it's usually a good sign. And I think you can feel kind of safe when it comes to that. And what I've heard when it comes to Redden is this is a guy who really increased their analytics and kind of just made them smarter in that sense and has a focus on that and does a lot of scouting and draft prep work for the organization as well. Certainly, those are two things the Pelicans want to beef up, their scouting and their analytics department, and I think that's a really good thing. Speaking of analytics, I think it was interesting that David Griffin talked about that saying, and he said it in a number of interviews, it's not the be-all, end-all. We don't just focus on stats. It's what the analytics tell you, and then what questions do you ask from that? And he said, they're only as good as that, essentially, and I think that's an interesting take on it. A lot of people like to look at some of these uh, single uh, stat statistical categories that are kind of catch-alls and use that. And it doesn't really work as much. You know, it's tough to reconcile that with a guy like Rudy Gobert, who's going to be the defensive player of the year, we're all assuming, usually leads the league in terms of bigs in defensive real plus minus. That I'm not particularly crazy about. And then is almost unplayable right now against the Houston Rockets in their playoff series. But he is really good defensively, but he also comes with limitations. So clearly one single stat doesn't tell you the whole story when when it comes to a player like that. So I think the Pelicans coming in and increasing their analytics department just to make them a better run, smarter organization is a good thing, provided you know they don't fall into the trap of only looking at that. And it doesn't sit sound like they're going to be doing that whatsoever. So expect Redden to get done. I would expect others to get done as well. We'll see what some of those names are in the future, but this is an area they really want to increase. They're going to spend to try and bring smart people in, roles, or sorry, people, not roles, relationships, not roles, and we'll see where it goes from here. But this is a good first step for the Pelicans, showing their commitment to spending and to bringing in good people. So before we look at the on-the-court play and style of what this team might be next year, today's podcast is brought to you by the Wise Cam. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere for just $20 a camera. 
in full 1080 HD with images so clear you won't miss a thing. Night vision, two-way audio, they've got tons of features involved in there. It's the wise mission to bring you amazing smart home products that are accessible everywhere. That's W-Y-Z-E. Check on your home anytime with the Wise Apps live stream so you can connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus and in eight times digital zoom. And you get free uh, rolling 14-day cloud storage with no subscriptions. Sometimes you don't catch something right away. You need to hit the film just like coaches do here. And you are able to do that with the free rolling 14-day cloud storage. Go back a couple days, find out what happened to your home, take care of everything, no subscriptions, and completely free. And if you want more, they've got that too. For just $10 more, the Wise Campan gives you 360 coverage in under three seconds. Life moves fast, your cameras should too. So go to wise.com slash locked, that's wyze.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price and the free rolling 14-day cloud storage. Check on your home, make sure everything's secure with the uh, with the Wise Cam app and just stay up to date on everything that's going on. That's wyze.com slash locked. At his introductory press conference, David Griffin talked about the on-court style of play that he'd like to see. And I've got a quote here for you before we dive into this a little bit more. And he said, I think the game is supposed to be played a certain way. I want to invest in people who have the basketball IQ and the ability to play with others and to facilitate for others the ball to move, end quote. He wants to play fast and he wants the ball to move more passing. Seems like he's got a good coach who kind of understands that at his core as his core philosophy in Alvin Gentry. And I think that's one of the big reasons that he was retained. And again, they worked together in Phoenix with the seven seconds or less sons that really pioneered this style of basketball. He had then made a joke saying, he's like, I'd like to recreate that here. And then I saw that the pace from those years would rank something like in the bottom 10 in the league when they were playing lightning fast at the time. And that's how much the game has grown over these past nine, 10 years since the seven seconds or less suns were at their peak, which is kind of wild to think about. But Anyway, that's kind of a digress, uh, digression here. So he wants to play fast. And then he specifically talked about the Houston Rockets and said, you know, I, I look at Houston style of play and I don't particularly like it. I don't think it's fun, but I also like winning and it's effective. And if that's what we would need to do, that's what we would need to do. He talked about how Dan Tony has kind of really taken the opposite approach to what he normally likes. They play a very grindy, ISO heavy style with James Harden because that's the only way for that team to win, even though they've gotten rolled a little bit more recently. So it's interesting that he kind of has a vision already for the style of play that he wants this team to be using next season. And that's fast, meaning that any trade he likely makes is going to kind of make a centerpiece around a guy that at least fits that style, that people who are calling for Alvin Gentry to be fired, and again, I don't really care either way, you know, um, are looking at this saying, well, you don't know what style of play you're going to want. He does. He knows what he's trying to build, what he wants to bring in. It kind of gives you an idea of the players that he's going to be looking for. Um, and you've got to wonder if Julius Randle fits into that. Um, well, Alfred Payton likely does. So he's got a very clear vision for what he wants to do here in New Orleans with this. And it does seem like Gentry is the kind of coach that things could go extremely well for here if you give him the right type of players. And we've seen what he's kind of capable of doing as a coach when the team's healthy. 
that's of course a big if, but I think you'll see some improvements made on the medical side of things soon that maybe make you feel as if some of the injury stuff could be, could be in the past when it comes to this team, but they're going to play fast. They're going to pass the ball, obviously trying to emulate the Warriors a little bit, maybe the Denver Nuggets a little bit too. Some of the teams that kind of go up, go out and put up insane offensive nights um, in the playoffs and during the regular season because he thinks that that's the most effective way to play and win right now. And the good news is they've got a roster largely built for a lot of that. So maybe there's going to be a little bit less turnover on some of the fringe players, some of those type of guys, than you would see otherwise because they don't need to completely remake this team. They need to redo some things. They need to put the new infrastructure in place. But a lot of what they're looking to do and accomplish is already here in New Orleans. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. If you didn't listen to yesterday's where I have Andrew Lopez of NOLA.com, the Times Picayune on with me, breaking down all things from the David Griffin press conference. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all on Monday. 